Good morning. We thank God we are able to be here to worship Him, to honor Jesus Christ, to hear the Word of God for our knowledge and our practice. On the screen, you see two passages I want us to visit, and I'll give you a moment to find those two passages. Hebrews 6 and verse 10, and 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 11. While you're finding your place in your Bible, I'll mention that tonight at 5 on Facebook and Zoom, provided the technology is on our side, I'll be preaching from Joshua chapter 6. That's not here in the building, but online. At 7, if Zoom is working as it should, our Bible class, the first class in 2 Timothy. This morning, we are thankful to be together here with two passages to introduce our study. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10 For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. This passage reminds us that God is perfectly fair. It says that God is not unjust. Not only is he perfectly fair, he is perfectly aware of what we do. He is perfectly aware of our lives. In this verse, it says our work and the love that we show for his name in serving the saints. What that verse is saying, we ought to be doing serving the saints. The other passage is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11, where it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Here is what we can call an obligation that God is pleased to see us engaged in. And the phrase here that identifies that obligation, encourage one another and build one another up. Last Sunday morning, the theme was the pathway forward. I introduced that with reference to what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. In Philippians chapter 3, he said, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. There Paul uses the imperative pressing on or straining forward. Now today... These two verses bring up a subject that ought to have the attention of every one of us and every Christian everywhere as we pursue that pathway forward. And the subject can be stated in these very simple terms, helping each other. That's one of many things we need to be committed to 
as we are engaged in the pathway forward, as we press on, as we strain and reach to what is ahead, helping each other. And this is not mysterious or deep or complicated. This is basic Bible instruction as to relationship. It is basic Bible instruction as to relationship. It's very similar to what you'll find in Galatians 5.13. Through love serve one another. Now that we are back in person, this is a good time to renew our commitment to help, to serve, to encourage one another. Let's use our time this morning to review how we participate in these good expressions of love and service for each other. Four simple points. Number one, being together. Do you remember back in the book of Acts on that great occasion where the Lord's church had its beginning? The day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. After all those people responded to the gospel, Luke tells us how their lives changed. And part of that history is in Acts 2 and verse 44, they were together. The verse reads, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. What wonderful occasion that was. People in fellowship with God. Their sins forgiven. Entering into a new life headed toward heaven. Now able to be with each other. All who believed were together. Now, was this unity temporary? <clears throat> Did this just happen initially, but not afterward? I take you now to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, this passage is not about a building. This is not about the number of people gathered. This is about people who love God together worshiping Him, and it says encouraging one another. In local areas, back in New Testament times, in Colossae, in Ephesus, in Thessalonica, in Philippi, and many other places, in local areas, Christians met, they worshiped and worked together to the best of their ability. Though at times they were separated there was always the desire and the effort to be together, to share in the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week, to hear God's Word, to sing His praise, and participate together in the spread of the gospel. We want to do what these passages report, 
and we are disappointed when circumstances hinder us. For many years, people have reported to me that when they are ill and cannot meet with the saints, their absence makes them feel worse. What is this all about? First, it is about a response to God. Further into the point of this sermon, it is the encouragement we receive just being together. And isn't it clear? God wants us to apply every reasonable effort to do so. It helps me. It helps you. We help each other. We praise God. And there is encouragement packaged into all of that. Number two, prayer. We help each other by praying for each other. You remember the account in the book of Job in the Old Testament? Here is a man who suffered so many losses in a rather short period of time. Illness and pain, tragedy, friends came who were not very good at offering comfort at all. Did you notice at the end of the book of Job, in Job 42 and verse 10, it says Job prayed for these men who were not very good at offering comfort. I don't know exactly how these men might have changed But it was good for Job to pray for them. And I recall what Jesus said in Matthew 5.44, Pray for those who persecute you. But if you pray for those who persecute you, if you pray for people who didn't offer much comfort to you when you needed comfort, what do you suppose we need to do with regard to those in our faithful spiritual family? More to the point that I'm making this morning in James 5.16, the simple phrase, pray for one another. Churches generally maintain from week to week a list of people who have an interest in our prayers. We do that here. That must be more than a list someone types for people to read. Actually, pray for one another. Say their names before the throne of God and tell the people on the list that you are praying for them. It helps them to know that. The power of those prayers, the power of those prayers is this. God hears us. And as we speak to God about each other, There is no question it helps us to engage in that form of encouragement and it helps the person we're praying for and it all is pleasing to God. Helping each other by being together, by praying for one another, And we help each other, according to Galatians 6 and verse 2, by bearing the burdens of our fellow Christians. Bearing one another's burdens. First, look at this in the context 
of Galatians 6. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. First, it needs to be said that if I'm guilty of sin and you help me see my error and urge me to repent, you fulfill the law of Christ. When I'm guilty of sin and you say nothing but perhaps gossip to others, you have violated the law of Christ. So the primary application in Galatians 6 is spiritual restoration. But if you're going to engage in helping someone in spiritual matters, you will have that same attitude and spirit with regard to other matters. See, the spirit behind bearing burdens will not be limited to spiritual downfall. It will be activated for any burdens we see our brothers and sisters going through. We will encourage them and help carry the load to the best of our ability. Now, in Hebrews 6.10, there is a more general scope to this. We read this verse earlier. For God is not unjust as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. This is serving the saints in whatever way you're capable of serving. That responds to the need or the burden of the brother or sister in Christ. And I could stop here and give so many examples of Christians helping Christians. And in each case, the Christians receiving the help, the comfort, the attention, would report that they are uplifted, encouraged, taken to their knees in thanksgiving to God. And I want to say just here, the more you know people, the better acquainted you are with them, the more time you spend with them, the more you're able to know how they need help you can give. Maybe it's a handwritten note or card or a meal, a phone call, time with that person where you just listen to them, prayer with them, Bible reading with them. We need to be better acquainted. Not just for social reasons, because we enjoy time with each other, but to know who people are and what their needs are that we are capable of responding to. And to be blessed by our closeness to our brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's all in this phrase. Bear one another's burdens. Serve one another. And that's in the pathway forward for us. Paul to the Roman Christians in Romans 15, 1 and 2. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. These are ways we can help each other. Number four, speak words 
of grace. Ephesians 4.29, please. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. I want us to read what Paul said in Ephesians 4.29. He said, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. But, listen to this, only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Is that important to you? It should be important to all of us. Now, let's review it for a moment. It's very simple, basic Bible instruction about relationship, helping each other. Avoid corrupt talk. None of that. But don't be silent. Don't shut up. Let what comes out of your mouth build people up and give grace. We underestimate the power of well-chosen, gracious words. We underestimate the power of gracious, well-chosen words. I'm not talking about complicated theological discourses or speeches or sermons or lectures right now. Simple words like, you know them, thank you, I appreciate you. You're doing what's right. Paul said to the Philippians, I thank God every time I remember you. Now the Bible tells us how important words are. Particularly statements in the book of Proverbs go directly to this. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Proverbs 12, 25. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18.21 Do you remember Barnabas, right? In Acts 11, he was sent to Antioch to meet with new Christians. And his mission was to encourage them. You remember Nehemiah in the Old Testament. Nehemiah helped dejected workers look beyond the rubbish at their feet to the final result and he did that with words we underestimate the power of well chosen gracious words simple words of encouragement can help us in the pathway forward In many cases, people who are faithful to God don't need just a whole lot of praise or public acclamation or celebration. But thank you for what you do in a private conversation can mean so much. It not only becomes our obedience to what Paul wrote in Ephesians 4.29... It encourages the one you speak to and it will do you good and God is pleased when his people give good attention to each other. 
with gratitude and uplifting words. Speak words of grace to your brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's part of helping each other, isn't it? And here is the spirit of this sermon in one passage. I want to take you to Philippians chapter 2 to conclude the study. Philippians chapter 2. Paul was imprisoned writing to Christians in Philippi who were being persecuted. His words of grace to them over and over captured by that phrase you'll find several times in Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord. Now where did all that come from? How is a man able to have this kind of disposition of joy when he's imprisoned? Where does that joy come from? What is the frame of mind or the attitude that it's based on? I'm in Philippians chapter 2 and I'm reading verses 1 through 5. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves." Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Jesus Christ. The pathway forward needs our commitment to encourage and help each other. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Now, if you are not a Christian yet, the primary benefit that needs your focus now is to be forgiven of your sins and have a new life of fellowship with God. Christ gave his life for you to have that gift. Once you have that, there are many spiritual blessings that flow into your life. And today we've identified one, the association and the encouragement of being in the company of others who live in fellowship with God. The first step for you, confessing your faith in Christ repentance and baptism and we give you that opportunity now as we stand together to sing.